1: Kids, pets, and other wildlife sounds from invading our
2: spirit. Good evening, America. It's twelve oh four a.m. on on Wednesday morning. This is Rick Wilson from the New Abnormal, home of all your quality "fuck that guy" product. This week is a special "fuck that guy" week, and Molly Chong-Fast is very tired, so we're going to get on with the show. with you
1: because I waited for you for so long.
2: I had I had television to do. I know
1: it's fu- it's "fuck that guy" week. It is the new abnormal.
2: Fuck that guy, Palooza, if you will.
1: Right. In honor of the Republican National Convention. And we have a lot of, there was quite a lot of fuckery tonight.
2: There was a hell of a lot of fuckery. And I mean, let's just start where the fuckery should start at the end of the fuckery with melania trump reading a speech that was so obviously focus grouped to the point where it was about to squeak and that she was so so deliberately and carefully reading words that are going to send the washington dc media into writing long think pieces about a complete about two thousand words of complete horseshit that she uttered while sitting in front of a man who does not represent any single one of the values she articulated in that speech.
1: I thought it was interesting that it just was so long. I mean, I didn't know she could read that many words. And also, <laughs> it's like she has this weird thing. I actually was watching it fast-forwarded. Her and Tiffany, too, too both have this problem, which is they have this like very strange... Like hello, her our friend's friends. Affect, which is so distracting that it doesn't even matter what they say. Like people will be happy that Melania said that people don't deserve to die of COVID, which everyone else in the Republican Party has now decided is the is the new <laughs> platform. But in the end, she was just like this weird alien trying to mimic human.
2: I liked it, I liked it when she said, "Those who are ill." All I could think of was what those who are. Slippery amphibians.
1: <laughs> I what? Well, she also was wearing this sort of moon over Parador kind of Central American flight jacket.
2: First off, you just referenced moon over Parador and I could not be more charmed. <laughs> I'm so I love that
1: movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, right. Well, it's definitely there's a sort of banana republic thing going on with Melania's outfits.
2: She's a little heavy on the epaulettes, don't you think?
1: Yes. She's got a sort of dictator chic thing going.
2: I think she needs more things with sashes.
1: The, but they're all so weird. I mean, Tiffany – I keep coming back to this Tiffany speech because Tiffany is, like, the one Florida attorney general and Rick's favorite –
2: Scam Bondi?
1: Yes. Pam Bondi, who received money. So Pam, Pam
2: Bondi had the, had the audacity to go out there tonight. And she's almost my fuck that guy for tonight. But, you know, what? She, we're, she's going to get a mini fuck that guy right now. She had the fucking audacity to go out there and start saying – The Biden family has made billions and da-da-da. They're so corrupt. While under the screen, it's saying, up next, Tiffany Trump. After that, Eric Trump. After that, Melania Trump. So the nepotism argument, a little hollow. Then she's saying, oh, the Bidens are so deeply in bed with China. Except maybe you should talk to Ivanka before you get all... China, young lady, and finally the fact that she's bringing up public corruption at all when she was a part of the Ukraine cover-up defense squad, and while she sold so fucking cheap to Donald Trump in Florida, the Trump University investigation that was going on in Florida, Trump gives her a twenty-five thousand dollar donation. She immediately kills it. I'm sorry, add some fucking zeros. Have some pride if you're going to be corrupt. (laughs) At least at least do it right. Twenty-five thousand dollars is chump change.
1: I thought it was interesting. Pam Bondi really, really, really went after the Bidens big time and was very offended by Hunter and then immediately preceded by Tiffany.
2: Well, the, the thing about Pam Bondi, you should understand, is her performance tonight was a preview of the October surprise. She's working with Giuliani and she's working, at least until he was uh, went to prison, uh, working with Steve Bannon and these other hoodlums that are all trying, who are over in Ukraine while they're not being drunk and behaving badly story which may come out sooner than later, they are building this package of Russian material to try to screw over Biden. They're trying to do Hillary's emails 2.0. It is the October surprise. Everybody needs to mentally prepare for it. Biden needs to prepare for it. Hunter needs to prepare for it. Everybody who's opposed to Trump needs to get ready that they're going to whip out something and it's going to look superficially damning as hell. You know, it will be Hunter ran for the border with a bag of cash in his lap and a dead girl in the trunk. You know, they're going to go over the top.
1: But you know what's interesting to me about this whole Hunter Biden thing is that Trump's kids still seem so much more corrupt.
2: They don't seem more corrupt, Molly. They are more corrupt. Yeah. I mean, look, I grant you, Jared doesn't count as one of Trump's children, but close enough. Because, look, this is not a government. It is a crime family. All of them have directly profited from Donald Trump's gigantic national presidential grift. All of them. I mean, somehow— Those struggling civil servants, Jared and made $113 million last year.
1: That's a miracle. They they
2: just managed to... Those coupons just do miracles. Exactly. Good for them. You don't see
1: that enough.
2: But, you know, Um, Tiffany was so dull.
1: Well, Tiffany is such an interesting character because... So she is not from that first marriage. And she's not from the third marriage. She's from the brief marriage to the girl he cheated on his first wife with. And there has always been a certain kind of mystique, and fa- I would say a liberal fantasy, that Milan, Tiffany. Tiffany's mom, who is called... Marla Maples. Marla. That Marla is a secret liberal, and that that one page of the tax returns that was leaked was actually Marla Maples. Now, mm. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Yeah. But um, there's always been a liberal fantasy that Tiffany is not as evil as the rest of the adult children. I think tonight...
2: That fantasy has been put to bed. You know, I, I, the weird thing about tonight was the tonality of tonight was much more restrained, yeah. much less screaming. I think either Mark Burnett or whoever's running their focus groups said, we might want to dial back on the cuckoo pants yelling and spitting at the camera. <laughs> we might want to just
1: ease that back a notch. Mark because Burnett really should be sent to the Hague.
2: I, I just, I, I think Mark Burnett needs to just be um, forced to give over the notorious outtake tapes.
1: By the time he does it, no one will care. You know, by the time he does it, Trump will be in jail for some petty larceny. You know, fifty years from now. I just have to say, I, I am still so traumatized from what Miles told us last night. You mean
2: the, the, that the president is a sadistic torturer?
1: I thought he was an evil guy. I thought he was a bad guy. I thought he was dumb. But the sadistic stuff about the flesh, the, mm-hmm. the, the piercing flesh the flesh, ribbon. yeah, that really
2: struck me. You and I were on that thing earlier tonight with Mary Trump, and, and we, when it was brought up, she was just like, "Oh yeah, of course that's him." Yeah, of course that was I mean, great. It just it's kind of chilling just how crazy the level of sadistic, like abusive nature of Trump, how how quickly it comes out to the surface when you when you poke it just a little bit, like poke it with a sharpened spike on the top of a fence. So the Daily Beast had a great story today about Marianne Mendoza, who is a member of the Donald Trump campaign advisory board, who tweeted out it could have been a fairly innocuous looking thing until you clicked the link. Do yourself a favor and read this thread. Well if you clicked on read this thread, it jumped into a entire set of Of tweets about the Rothschilds and the protocols, the Elders of Zion. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and the Jewish conspiracy, and of course it did. And the thing about this is, you scratch these these conspiracies just underneath the level of QAnon. Peel away the bullshitty kind of national security veneer on QAnon, you will get right down to anti-Semitism and crazy ass, you know, alien lizard people. Queen Elizabeth is a heroin dealer. You know, it's oh, it, it, really? it's it's Scientology <laughs> Stop. It's Scientology. I, no, I like her
1: better
2: now. It's Scientology. Oh for the red hat crowd (laughs)
1: yeah no i mean they're they're clearly and that woman the abortion activist who is just abby johnson is just horrendous and i actually have i have suffered and seen the movie of her life story that was funded by the my pillow guy called unplanned which is at best it is actually one of the goriest movies i've ever seen in my life i mean it's just absolute propaganda. It's like North Korean propaganda. But there was an element of that tonight, too.
2: Oh, look, uh, the the constant praising of like, only he, the dear leader, you know, my daddy, all these things. You are a Trump supporter. That was the weirdest thing about why I keep going back to Tiffany. You're a Trump supporter. You don't know it. You're a Trump supporter. <laughs> you are a Trump supporter. No, you're a Trump supporter. The, there's a lot of North Korea there. In fact, I think the North Koreans would probably be like, hey, guys, you want to dial this back just a little bit? Just just a little bit. Uh, But I do think that there was a certain degree tonight of the Juche, North Korean style, or Juche, I can't remember how to pronounce it, North Korean style, you know, dear leaderism. But it was a much more dialed back night. And it was, the culture war notes are through this whole thing, which kind of tells me a lot. It tells me that they're not really trying to get outside the base. But it also, they also gave away their electoral college strategy. I don't know if you noticed that. No,
1: I didn't. Notice guy that. from Wisconsin. Right.
2: Guy from Maine. Yeah. Jeanette Nunez, lieutenant governor of Florida. Pam right. Bondi, former AG of Florida. Right. Cuban American guy last night from Florida. So you're looking at Wisconsin, Maine, and Florida. They're going to try to win the Maine too, which is a They're split never congressional win. seat. Main too. They, uh, it's it's a it's a lift. Yeah, um, they, especially
1: because people hate Susan Collins.
2: Yeah, uh, Susan Collins is going to drag that ticket down into the dirt, and especially after I go back and visit her again very soon now. <laughs> Hi, Susan.
1: <laughs> Do you think Susan hates you?
2: Uh, I I would hope so. <laughs> and I've basically shitting her wheaties for the last six months, so you know. <laughs> It is it is a design feature of of the Lincoln Project to make her um, not happy with with being (laughs) held to account. (laughs) Do you
0: love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll presents the Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray,
1: and I'm Leah President. Another
0: max. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. The New Abnormal is going to release a limited-run series of bonus interviews over the next few weeks. Starting in August, we'll release a new one each Sunday. But listen carefully. Only Beast Inside members will have access to these. So head over to newabnormal.thedailybeast.com to join now. Your Beast Inside membership helps support the great reporting at The Beast and podcasts like The New Abnormal. Thanks.
1: David from is a staff writer at The Atlantic, the author of many books, including Trumpocalypse restoring American democracy, and a former speechwriter for George W. Bush in the early 2000s. What is your feeling now watching this? I mean, what's your thinking? Like,
0: I'm a, re- I'm a re- registered Republican still, and I attended every Republican convention from 1988 in New Orleans through 2016 in Cleveland.
1: Do, when you watch this, it must just be—I can't even imagine what I would feel if this had been my party.
0: It's like, you know, a vampiric possession— and it's not like this is all came out of nowhere. The, the, these are elements, they're elements, I recognize, were in the past, but there are things that are, are missing. The emphasis, the, the attempt to be inclusive, uh, the emphasis on meaningful patriotism, not just chest thumping, and the connection to the party's past in history, the sense that there's, this is a big organization with a lot of people, and you're trying to talk not just to the people in the room, and not just to people who watch four hours a day of Fox TV, but to the less politically connected people who will decide the election.
1: Yes, tell me about the 2016 convention, I'm so fascinated because you must have already been pretty disturbed by this.
0: So 2016 in Cleveland was was a very strange convention. I think for me, the most telling moment was on the way out of the... big convention center they had very these tight pathways with with high fencing on either side it was maybe four feet across so two people could not very comfortably pass and got jammed up and i get sort of jammed up against somebody who was a person my own age and dressed the same way as me and there was something sympathetic in his face and we got to talking and it turned out we had very similar backgrounds and very similar lives and um and he was as upset about what he was seeing as i was and uh i said so, so what are you going to do I said, I'm going to vote for the son of a bitch. I always vote for the Republican. Of course I'm going to vote for the son of the bitch. I said, oh, what's your wife going to do? Oh, she can't stand them. <laughs> and, and, and your kids? Oh, they've re-registered as Democrats. <laughs> and I thought that was such a telling, and that was was a predictor of what was going to happen. Like, you know, the heart and soul, of the Republican Party sort of <sighs> bit its lip and kept soldiering on, hoping things would be better, but the party has been bleeding. And that's what you're seeing at this convention. This is, if you cut out of a party Everyone except, like, its most belligerent, militant, blind supporters who are even unaware that anybody disagrees with them. you get a convention like this.
1: Can you talk to us a little bit about, like, Pompeo and what your concern <laughs> is besides everything?
0: I've got so many concerns about it. The illegality, the shock. Here's the thing that strikes So you're start.
1: talking about Pompeo delivering a speech during the RNC on a trip to Israel.
0: Pompeo personally uh, sent out an order to everyone else at the State Department, take no political positions because he knows that every other American diplomat thinks that Trump is a disaster. So only he is. So he's expending governmental resources to get him to Israel, to, to get him up to the top of the King David Hotel to make an, a broadcast back. So this is a violation of the Hatch Act. It's a violation of all kinds of important traditions. It's hypocritical on his part because he won't let anybody else do what he's doing. But there's another thing that really worries me, which is I'm a pro-Israel voter. And Israel's most important anchor in American politics is that it have friends in both parties. This um, pact that is emerging between the Netanyahu on the one hand and the Trump people on the other to to make Israel a partisan issue, a pro-Republican partisan issue, uh, it just, it could not be more ominous for
2: People yeah. who
0: believe in a strong U.S.-Israel relationship and an enduring U.S.-Israel friendship, bigger than politics.
2: Part of the thing with Pompeo, also, I think, David, I'm, the Secretary of State ought to be somebody whose word is seen as uncompromised in the world, who can deliver on a serious thing. And I, I think maybe even before this, the, Pompeo's reputation was more of you know political toady and donald trump fanboy than than as you know sort of an objective and and reliable voice of american values and diplomacy
0: that that's so so true i mean they're just and he's just he's just this petty and squalid person i mean like you know calling summoning in npr anchors to berate them with his coloring book map of eastern europe like well, he apparently keeps this in his office, like like something you get with a Happy Meal. Ukraine is not Slovenia. It's kind of hard to miss on the map of Europe. Um, you, know, you, just point, you just jab your finger at random, and you're probably going to put your finger on top of Ukraine. It's that big. One of the things that the Trump people really profoundly do not understand about the world is America needs friends. And just to drive this point out, if you believe that China is a problem, Back when I was working in the Bush administration, and that was not even 20 years ago, uh, the American economy, depending on how you're counting, was somewhere maybe three, maybe as much as six times bigger than the Chinese economy. Today, depending on how you're counting, the Chinese economy is about 80% the size of the U.S. economy. And on our current trajectory, sometime in the 2020s, China will overtake the United States as the biggest economy. In the world. Now, the United States is still richer, but China is will be bigger. If the United States is going to impose its will on China in any way, it is going to need to mobilize coalitions of like-minded associated powers and not just traditional easy friends like Britain and the European Union, although the Trump people don't like the European Union either, but more challenging partners like Vietnam, like India. And if you're just going to go around the world being a jerk to everybody all the time and giving orders that you actually don't have the clout. And this is the thing, Donald Trump does not, he's actually not a realistic power player. He, he's a, He's a bully who doesn't work out. He doesn't know how weak he is. And Pompeo doesn't know We can't do this anymore. If we're going to check China, we need friends. And they are alienating.
2: Mm -hmm. David, did you have any feelings on the contrast between the two conventions?
0: When when COVID messed up the conventions, whoever organized the Democratic Convention or whatever group of people said, okay, we can't do conventions the way we used to do. What, What should we do instead? And they really thought about it. And they produced something that... Was probably should have happened ten years ago. Where you know we're just going to stop pretending that this convention is an event that is going to be watched by tens of millions of people in prime time. Uh, Let's accept that what we're doing here is producing dozens of little videos to feed into people's social media streams, and let's understand that our target many is made up of many different people, and we'll have people like Bernie Sanders and people who don't, people who love Michelle Obama and people who. Don't resonate to her so much. People want to, see, you know, who will be surprised to see that Cindy McCain and John Kasich are at our conventions. And may, maybe the people who like Bernie Sanders don't want to see Kasich, and maybe the people who like Kasich don't want to see Bernie Sanders. And and that that's fine. We're gonna. That's how we're gonna. do They had a plan for what the convention was supposed to do. What is striking about this Republican convention is, look, Tucker Carlson is on TV every night. If you want to get people revved up about their racial fears, he's doing, and he's doing it with pretty high production values and kind of a. You know, competent acting and a, and a voice that is modulated—that is in a way that's appropriate for television. He's not shrieking at people. I mean,
1: he's—he's he's also a white supremacist. We just well, yeah. we have to. But yeah. he's a—he's I mean, a—he's say-
0: a, he's a professionally competent white supremacist where the volume controls yes. on the input device match the volume <laughs> output on
2: the <laughs> right. right. He's
1: not like going to be screaming at you the way that Kimberly Guilfoyle Kimberly-
2: is. I, and remember, that was tape. That was the best take of the tape.
1: <laughs> my favorite moment but you know what nobody knows about that kimberly guilfoyle is, or at least nobody listened or nobody heard was that kimberly said that she was an immigrant because her parents were from puerto right. rico
0: stephen harper who is prime minister of canada and a very sort of cerebral politician in, in his war rooms used to have a sign on uh, on all four walls of the war room so everyone wherever you were in the room could see it and the sign said why are you saying
1: this?
0: (laughs) And that was the thing he wanted you to think about all the time. Why are you saying this? And if you don't know, stop saying it.
2: Wisdom of the, wisdom of the ages, my friend.
1: And since it is Fuck That Guy Week, we must talk about Fuck That Guy. Rick Wilson, who's your Fuck That Guy?
2: I have two Fuck That Guys. I have double Fuck That Guy because I didn't really do one last night because we were too busy talking about Jerry Cuckwell.
1: You have two? I feel like that's cheating. All right, well let uh, I'll allow it.
2: You'll allow it this time? Yeah, this time. My first—it it still relates to Jerry Cuckwell. My okay. first is the board of Liberty University because they're giving Jerry Cuckwell ten point five fucking million dollars to go away. That buys a lot of pool boys.
1: Uh, I thought it was interesting that Falwell said the board said he's he's uh, stepping down and Falwell was like, no, I'm not right. (laughs) (laughs) It was like and then he was like, I have a really good contract. And then they came back and he's like, I'm stepping down. So clearly there was some negotiation there. Clearly Um, there was.
2: My other fact, fact, that guy is American Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who used taxpayer resources to fly to Israel to stand on the top of the King David Hotel in Jerusalem and give a campaign speech for Donald Trump's convention. He did use a phrase at the beginning of his speech that says, I'm Mike Pompeo. And I have a big job. You know, I have to, I have to agree with Mike because Trump's ass isn't going to kiss itself. And, and Mike Pompeo has politicized the office of the Secretary of State in a way that is dangerous for this country. That is another one of these unprecedented abuses of power and abuses of the Hatch Act. So, you know what, Mike Pompeo, fuck that guy. i snuck in a double
1: that's right my uh fuck that guy it it always has to be whenever he speaks but the guy who wants to end government but makes money from the government Rand paul
2: (laughs) your second favorite man on the internet
1: i mean i don't understand every time i hear him he had gotten my ire up during that uh post office hearing well you in that friday post office hearing he was like The post office doesn't make any money. And I was like, fuck you, Rand Paul. Like, he so clearly just wants to dismantle the government. Then why are you working in it? Um, But today he was just so sycophantic. And the idea that Trump is going to end foreign wars and when we know that he just has ended the transparency, so we don't know how many soldiers are in these conflict zones. And, you know, I'm very you know, I have like a real soft spot in my heart for the fact for the Kurds who have been these like amazing. I I,
2: I know the Kurds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they and Trump left them to die. And I mean, I just feel like anyone who defends Trump's foreign policy is kind of, insane. And, you know, he's a doctor and he fucking was waiting for his COVID test to come back and he swam in the Senate pool. And this is the guy who's, you know, whose whole thing is personal responsibility.
2: You know, Molly, you seem to be more angry at Rand Paul than almost anyone except perhaps his next door neighbor.
1: We have to go to sleep now because it's 1227. Actually, I'm going to go to sleep and Rick is going to go do 10 other things. But (laughs) yes, I am (laughs) tomorrow night. We have an incredible guest for tomorrow night, so definitely tune
2: in. Do indeed. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking with smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country